When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, baseball family. We have a special guest with us tonight. We have Jewel Young, actually somebody who I met through the Rays community because of we, you know, we talk every week about uh, Rays Energy. He and I, we are also we're part of a Rays group on Facebook. So, welcome, Jewel. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great, we're happy to have you. So, we're going to give you the same treatment we give all of our guests. We're going to go through the rundown and see if you can handle it. All right, you all ready right, for this? Bring it. I'm ready. Ready as I'll ever be. All right, your first question. What is your quest? My quest? Mm-hmm. My quest is to, I, I guess my quest is to help educate, not educate, but let everyone know about baseball, just to keep them updated, to let everyone in on the know, and just for baseball to spread, the love of the game to spread, the love that I have for everyone else to have. Awesome. Next question. What is your favorite color? Uh, it's going to have to be Seahawk Navy and Seahawk uh, Bright Green. Ooh, Brad Very is nice. excited about that. I am excited about that. I do love those colors. <laughs> and the Mariner Teal. And the Mariner Teal. Yeah, the Mariner Teal is very nice. The The Seahawks Lime Green, like, I really like it a lot. But I do not like the Lime Green uniforms. You know, when they go all no. lime, it, it's too much. They're it's too much. Too much. I agree. I agree. Yeah, too much of a good thing. There is such a thing. All right. If your team, the Seattle Mariners, same with mine, were a beverage, what would it be? Mountain Dew. Oh, 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 oh my god! Fast, dude. Oh my! Got my diet, oh, dude. You gotta be kidding! <laughs> I literally went to the gas station right before this, and I got a Mountain Dew, like <laughs> two peas. Holy smokes! See, I Unreal. knew you were both heathens. I just knew it. <laughs> oh come on, Brig! You're just jealous. <laughs> let's be a northwest thing (laughs) all right go ahead brig uh next question is if you could name your dog after a baseball player at any era it doesn't matter who it is what would you name your dog griffy that is the correct answer maybe agar actually (laughs) well no agar's not a dog name griffy griffy you could name him bone like jay buner bone Dog bone? I don't know. <laughs> I I would if I was gonna do Jay Buner, I would just do Buner. Buner, that yeah. I think it's I think it's probably the right way to go there. Bone is too much of a dog pun to be a to be a, a good dog name. I think I think you've got a valid point there. And then I think of Brett Boone. Thing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, we don't need Brett Boone. <laughs> no. we, we don't need all that. We don't need all that. <laughs> we don't need to bring no. him in. <laughs> good choice. Good choice. Griffey, I like it. Okay. What is your favorite fourth inning snack? Ooh, if I'm in the fourth inning, I've already probably had too many sunflower seeds, but I still have them. I'm not really into peanuts, but I'm probably going probably going like a cotton candy or a lemonade. Mm. Mm. Very nice. Follow-up question real quick. How do you feel about the garlic fries at T-Mobile? Out of this world. 
They shouldn't even be allowed to serve them. They're that they're, good. They're the best. I say it I all the time. This. I'm I always talking about the garlic Brad, fries. Brad. They, raving about them. Yep. Brad, you gotta you gotta try them. They just don't have them on the East Coast because you guys just can't do it do it like us. But it's true. It's yep. true. But I'll get out there one day and we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Uh, I heard what is some your good ones too. What's your favorite baseball life lesson or parallel to life? Um, favorite baseball life lesson by far is patience. Kind of letting the life and the game come to you. Uh, something, something I've always learned. To, that's like one of the biggest things I took from the game is patience, um, and just applying it because every if you're watching the game, you got to be patient. If you're playing, you got to be patient. You got to and just be ready to attack when the opportunity's there. So I would say I would say between those, that's it. Awesome, solid, solid. Like that, solid. Yeah. What is the name of your yacht? Um, ooh. man, I would have to go to Kingdom. Nice. Kingdom. That's a good one. If you could grab a piece of MLB memorabilia, which, what is it? What you grabbing for, for money's not an object. Oh, I'm, uh, I want to say, I want to grab that $65,000 Babe Ruth signed baseball Costco had, um, but no, I'm going. I'm going the ball that Felix used when he tossed his perfect game. Oh, solid, brilliant! That's really good. That is really, really good. I like that. Or Ichiro's last hit, or his last, the last bat he used in Japan. Yeah, yeah, that would. Oh man, I can't. I don't even know how much that would cost. That would be unreal. Anyway, also all right. a cleat. What's that? I'll settle for a cleat. Either <laughs> one of those guys. Even yeah. like a single spike. Not even yeah, like the shoe, just... like a single spike. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Uh, when it comes to hats, snapback, fitted, or flex fit? So I have a problem with flex. I No no flat bill, no, no fitted. That's not me. I can't – I hate flex fit because my head is between a medium and a large. And mm-hmm. so I have to do that thing when you roll, you have to, I have to roll up the back for it to fit mm. to like stay in, stay in yep. place. So yep. I do snap back, but I have to wear it at an angle because again, my head's not, won't fit. I get it. Somehow as I've aged, I've gotten to the point where my hats don't go on straight, like naturally anymore. I don't know what it yeah. is and nothing makes me crazier than a crooked hat, especially on my own head. So I have to like, put it on and then like center it. either look in the mirror or feel the sides of the bill, you know? Yes. And mm-hmm. Oh man, I, I don't know what it is. Like as I've aged, I don't know if my head has changed shape or whatever, but, but yeah, it just doesn't go on straight anymore. And it drives me insane. Absolutely insane. Agreed. Hey, last question. What is your Korean baseball team of choice? Oh, Korean. Um, Kia Tigers? Are they KBO? They are. They are. Ding, nice. ding, ding. Very good. Nice. Very good. It's the wrong That's answer, but you got you got one. You got one. You got, oh, yeah. I, I was, I, my first thought was Rakuten Eagles because uh, Tanaka just re-signed with them. And oh, I was yeah. like the latest NPB KBO thing that I've seen. And so yeah. I was like, Rakuten yeah. Eagles. 
no yeah. we both we both decided that we were going to be dinos fans and the dinos are the champs so we that's the right answer but no we'll give you credit for K, for uh, kia tigers that's that's perfect dinos acceptable. are where um that's where um sung bum na played plays right yep. Nice. yep that's right yep that's this hat that i have on is a oh a nod to the the nc dinos at our shop nice. But anyways, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some Negro Leagues with Jewel because he has some connections. Welcome back, baseball family. We are here with Jewel. He is he has some connections with Negro Leagues baseball, and we wanted to give him a chance to tell us about his connections with that part of our baseball's history and uh, kind of introduce us to some of those topics. Jewel, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your affiliations with the negro leagues perfect so i know i don't know if you guys are, this one's going on youtube or not but if youtube i don't know if they're seeing me or not but first glance you're probably thinking how does this guy have affiliation with the negro leagues um <laughs> i know these guys are thinking the same thing i know i know these two are thinking the same thing like they, i told him i told brad and he's like he probably questioned his entire life um but so so the whole backstory, I started, I've always been a writer, right? I've always been writing since like middle school, just short stories, random stuff here and there. I've always loved baseball, always had a love of the game. Uh, played until I tore my, tore my UCL when I was a senior in high school. Uh, so up until then, always writing. You know, I knew I was part African-American. I'm a quarter African-American. Uh, but I thought it all was from my dad's side until a little bit when I was about 19, 20. I found out that my maternal grandfather was actually from Haiti, uh, so Pacific Islander. But back in early America during that whole time, it would, didn't matter where you're from. It was just a color of your skin. Uh, so my great-great-grandfather, he went by the, the name of Faye, uh, Faye Young, um, or Frank Albert Young. He signed all his stuff Faye. Um, and he's considered the dean of Negro sports writers. So he was, he's a large part of the reason that we have a lot of the 1920s, 1930s um, Negro League history that we do, um, as well as a lot of African-American um, boxers and um, sports writers. He really set the path for that. He was the founding member um, of the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Defender sport, sports page. Uh, that's his crown crowning achievement um and he you know he covered boxing baseball was his his thing he would ride on the train every day from chicago to chicago to somewhere else i can't remember um but during that time he would get like the day before the next day's paper because it would come out on the east coast and he would be traveling west um so he would already have everything that happened the day before. So by the time he got further west and changed time zones, he was the first one bringing the news out that to that side. Um, wow. So that was something really cool. He did another Sounds story. Like a that, one man AP wire. <laughs> basically, but 1920s, 30, 40 style, you know. Uh, that's uh, cool. And so another another kind of folklore story, not folklore because it's, it's true. Um, it's from my great aunt she told the story because she was there but he actually knew jackie robinson in chicago um and you know they spoke they had a relationship and 
one day when Jackie, you know, I don't, you guys have probably seen 42, um, all that fun stuff. Um, so he, there was a time where he just wanted to quit, like before, before everything happened, before he signed, he just wanted to completely quit baseball, just be done, walk away, never look back at any athletic field again. Um, and it was actually Faye who talked him into staying with baseball to talk them into staying with it, to not give up, to not quit, and to keep going. Um, so not that he's the whole reason, because, you know, Jackie's wife was a big part of it as well. Um, but Jackie, from what I know from Faye, has a really small, had a really small circle. It wasn't huge. It was really small. Um, and Faye was part of that. So it's really cool. Um, I do have to shout out Donna Halper from the SABR Bio Project. She wrote a full workup on Faye. That's actually a lot where I get a lot of my information from is her. She's super nice. She's just a nice, awesome person. Um, and yeah, so just wanted to shout her out because she deserves a ton of credit. Um, she's covered other female African-American sports writers from around that same time that were influenced by Faye. And she has a lot of great work on the uh, Saber Bio Project website so yeah That's i'm pulling awesome. it up it's uh saber s-a-b-r dot org and yep. you can go to the bio project for faye young right i'm looking at it right now this is really well written it's it's really well detailed there's a there's a bunch of cross-referencing and footnoting and things like that it's this is extensive very very cool that's awesome so i mean really i feel like the big connection here is i mean we've all we've all heard of the Negro leagues and part of what sparked this conversation between Jewel and I was when major league baseball announced that they were basically adopting the Negro leagues into and considering them major league baseball teams, which means that players, guys who played in, in the Negro leagues can be voted into the hall of fame. Right. That, is that exactly what that means? That's part of it, but their stats are like included. Mm-hmm. So yeah. their stats are part of, Baseball. So like Bob Gibson, a lot of Negro League historians consider him the actual home run king. Um, he, he technically has the record, but MLB still working through all the stats from the Negro League. And there's so many different leagues of the Negro League and different time frames because they were shut down for a period of time. Like they just stopped yeah. uh, right around World War II. And then they picked back up again. But then Jackie Robinson, and then more signings happened after that. So then they kind of just died out and, uh, you know, they were doing everything they could to bring in any athletes. They actually had women playing in the Negro League for a period of time. Um, and it was mixed in between. So MLB sorting. So technically, if you take that, then the, ne- the MLBs technically had women play for it too. Um, which there is you pretty go. cool from that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how it's how it all relates. So we'll see how it unfolds. I assume it will happen over the next year. Um, we'll see the stats kind of all come to surface as they process some and whatnot. Well, and, and you know, yeah, that's a really exciting development. Yeah, and the, and the first one that comes to mind for me is Satchel Page, just because I mean, you hear people talk about Satchel Page like he was the he was the greatest pitcher of all time. You know, but he doesn't get any recognition because he didn't actually come into MLB until he was in his forties. And, you know, but all that time he spent in the Negro leagues, like he'll finally get recognition for that. And that's exactly. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. 
and like Hank Aaron was the last player who just passed away, um, rest in peace. Uh, but he was the last player to actually play in the Negro League and then in the MLB. Um, so that's kind of, that's how recent like the Negro Leagues were in terms of like baseball history. Um, you know, within the last 50 years, we finally gotten to the point in the MLB, which is nice to see the progression, you know. Uh, it's it's nice, so. Mm, it yeah. really is. So I recently visited the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City, and I've, I've said it a hundred times, but if you haven't had an opportunity to go do that, go do that. Um, just do what I do. If Here's, here's the right way. Get a, get a buddy, <laughs> rent an RV that you've never done before, nothing like that, and, and drive, you know, 1,500 miles in, three, in one day, honestly, and then turn around and come back. Um, that's the right way to do it if you're going to do it. <laughs> no, but it takes, honestly, it, you could spend three whole days perusing the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum and never get through the whole thing. It was a tremendous experience start to finish. The history is like, I, I like to say it's carpeted in history and it really feels that way. It's so dense. Yeah. Have you had a chance to go to the Negro League Museum, I, Joel? When I was a little kid, I was taken there probably when I was like nine or ten, eight or nine. Um, I actually had family that lived in Kansas City. Um, and so I remember going out there when I was like nine or something. And I remember us going there um, when I was young, but I don't remember it. Uh, but I hope mm. to go back in the near nearish future yeah probably not nearly as, ex- as significant to a nine-year-old as especially as it would be now knowing what you know right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah at the time it's just you know a really cool baseball museum but now yeah now like absolutely significant that's that's awesome yeah that's really cool um but jewel i i actually have a few questions for you as All a right. like, mariners fan a mariners fan okay <laughs> I, I just want to switch gears here a little bit. <laughs> Briggs a Yankees fan, so he he can go go do whatever he wants to do for a minute. But uh, yeah. but Jewel, I made a prediction. I just I want to I want to get your opinion on this. I made a prediction earlier this year, or end of last year, something like that. That the Mariners, uh, the Mariners are going to win a World Series this decade sometime. I I agree with that. I 100 agree with that. Um, and. I've actually been thinking that for about two years now uh, with, you know, the progress of the rebuild kind of just how is everything flowing um, kind of where we're at. I mean, next, next off season, we, I think the Mariners have like 25 million in committed payroll before arbitration and the opening day payroll from like 2017 or 18 was like 189 million. Um, And so they have, Bucos of money to spend, especially after this offseason where they handed out maybe like 25 million in contract total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if that, if that. Um, but no, I I agree. I think the Mariners are the sleeper, the sleeping giant of the AL West. Um, just because of the talent that's coming. I mean, outfields are going to have Kyle Lewis, Jared Kelnick, and Julio Rodriguez by the end of this year, if not next year. Um, two of those guys are top five prospects in major league baseball. The other one is just rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. That's going to be the best outfield in baseball in, t- in three years. And then we have a gold glove first baseman, a gold glove shortstop. Mm-hmm. We won't have Kyle Sear, but I wouldn't be shocked if he came back on a cheaper deal. 
Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, and, and I could I could actually second. see I could see Seager, I could see the Mariners moving on from him or him retiring just because I mean he's had kind of a resurgence the last two years. He's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's like he's refound his prime. But by the time the Mariners are ready to actually win, I don't know if they're either going to move on from him or if he's going to be ready to retire. Um, or and then if they're going to make that their big money spot, their big leadership spot, you know, at third base. But yeah. I feel like I feel like the problem is pitching, and I know that those guys are really oh, young yeah. right now. But you got to get that bullpen sorted out. Yeah, the bullpen. Right? I, I think the rotation showed an an insane amount of upside last year. Um, you know, Kikuchi, his ERA wasn't pretty or his fit, but Oof. you look, you dig a little bit deeper. He only gave up like three home runs. His fastball velocity was average about 96. Um, just all his deeper metrics. You take, you look a little bit deeper under the surface. He was a great pitcher. Um, mm-hmm. But of course those things still happen, but he was, he was great on the surface, you know, and then you got Sheffield and Dunn who looked decent last season. And then Margavikis, Davikis looked, surprisingly decent mm-hmm. um but yeah the, the bullpens where they're gonna have to spend some money definitely because I, I felt like they had games they were in just about every game you know i mean there were guys who had their had their bad days like they do but they're yeah. in just about every game into the fifth sixth seventh inning and the bullpen comes in and it's a close game you're like no chance yeah no, no it chance. was they they were there too they were there until the last day of the season they finished one game away from the playoffs mm-hmm yeah. Um, and then they were they were right there the whole time, and then you know it was it was so close. And even you know whatever they decided to do at third base and second base come this season, next season, because Seager's con- last year of his contract this year. So you know we'll kind of see, and hopefully we'll see something from Mitch Haniger and Tom Murphy coming back. So should be an exciting year. You know the AL West is looking bleak. Come. 2022 especially so yeah you know and that's Easy one thing i talked about that's one thing i talked about the mariners too is that it feels like jerry depoto has it had it timed out just right that the prospects mm-hmm. will hit when the astros have to get rid of everybody because they don't want to pay anybody yep right. so here's hoping i'm glad that i'm not the only one who's like wildly optimistic about the mariners chances because sometimes i feel like i'm the only one <laughs> especially with what no. i see on social media i'm excited for logan gilbert this year um Hancock some point hopefully next year mm-hmm. um George Kirby you know there's just so many pit mm-hmm. start rotation pieces there's just not enough bullpen pieces yep. to go around but there's plenty there's plenty still available I'm kind of shocked they haven't even tried to go after like a Rosenthal or someone just out there to improve a little bit on a two-year three-year deal yeah. two-year deal so Yep, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Brig, you started to say something. Sorry, well, I cut you off. No, it's okay. I just wanted to give uh, Jewel a chance to talk about his blog. It's the ballboyblog.com, correct? Yes, correct. Now, you're giving up-to-date baseball information on there. I see a blog post here from, uh, what is it, four hours ago. Now, obviously, yeah, this so isn't... that one was supposed to go out this morning, but I, <laughs> I put 8 p.m. and not a.m. on my schedule. Hey man, uh, we we all do we know about that. <laughs> so yeah, that latest one's my my power rankings um, that I just started about three weeks ago. Um, so yeah, 
the whole the whole blog started. It was actually supposed to start as a podcast about a year ago um, with a friend of mine, and you know it ended up not working out. But I already had like twenty five pieces of content just ready, so I went through, I edited them to make into blog posts, and then started posting them, and this kind of kept going. Um, and then this this year, back in October or August, I actually switched over to its own website uh, that I built through Wix uh, and then started adding on, you know, the power rankings, uh, all my yearly reviews, uh, you know, weekly around the horn, which is all the news from around the league for the last week, just kind of recap real quick. Um, I got some fantasy baseball stuff started and going out for each position on your targets and where you should target them. In my opinion, obviously I'm not a professional, but uh, I've been playing fantasy baseball for about 12 years. So, uh, wow. nice. so you know, I have all just a good variety of different content on the on the blog. Um, so it's been a lot of fun over the last year year or so to kind of go through it and just stay up to date and research. It's definitely a nice stress reliever and something just to kind of look forward to. Um, to be able to do so yeah yeah it's in my blood it's in my blood look at that yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely i I like that you've been at uh, fantasy baseball for what'd you say 12 years that's a lot more than i can say i think let me (laughs) think back on how many times i've played fantasy baseball so my none (laughs) it's too complicated for me (laughs) it's it's the chess it's chess yeah Uh, Mm. but with but with 400 chess pieces like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a lot. And so I enjoy. Have... I usually play in like two or three leagues every year. Wow, seriously? Yeah. So well, for formats. the people, for the people listening, then you know, if you need insights into fantasy baseball, I mean, this is the way. This is where I would start looking. If Brad like tried to talk me into playing fantasy baseball or whatever, I would probably. <laughs> well, and I was going to say like. I was going to say, you say that you're not a fantasy professional, but let's be honest, the professionals aren't really professionals either because I play fantasy football every year and I don't listen to the professionals. I do the opposite of what they tell me because it seems to work out better. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely, one of my best years of cha- my first championship I ever won and Briggs might, might or might not like this. It was when our longtime Seattle Mariner A-Rod uh, <laughs> came back from steroids and he was hitting like 285 he hit like 20 home runs you know down the stretch and he was like just so consistent that year and I think A-Rod has one of the best swings since since forever if you just look at his swing it before steroids after steroids uh, it was there and so New York Yankee A-Rod led me to my first fantasy baseball championship oh so, I'm happy for you, but I'm confused. <laughs> I was too, but a, a championship's a championship. You know? Yeah, that's right. You so, the ship in the harbor. So, Jewel, I have, I have an A-Rod question for you then. So, if if you can put your fantasy baseball feelings aside against A-Rod, would you, given everything, would you put A-Rod in the Hall of Fame? I would absolutely. I actually just wrote a Hall of Fame piece um, of the results. So that came on, the Hall of Fame was announced on the 26th of January with zero inductees, as we know. Uh, Kurt Schilling should have been inducted. 
Um, but on that, I put my 10 guys who I thought should have been on in the Hall of Fame, uh, who I would have voted for. And that includes Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Gary Sheffield, um, Andy Pettit. All four of those guys are connected to steroids. And, you know, we could go on about forever, but I think just how inconsistent the commissioners have been over the decades between Sealing and Manfred for punishments. I mean, you look at the Astros, but you look at Pete Rose, and then you look at steroids. Um, but what it comes down to is the got to add that in, but you also have to account for, um, you know, what they did on the field and how they did it on the field. You know, there was 40, 50, 60, 70 plus players juicing during that time. And Clemens and Bonds and Sosa just did it better, in my opinion. I think they just did it better. And there are so many players doing it. There are so many. So it's hard to argue against the ones that were great at it and truly used it to enhance the performance and guys who just use it one-off and had one great year, like Brett Boone, um, for example, and guys who did it for 20 years. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's no, I, I understand that a, argument totally with you know all the field being basically being level with so many guys juicing and those guys were still that much better. I understand the argument. Doesn't mean yeah. I have to like it, but I understand it. Right. Sorry, go ahead, and and I, is, I was oh, gonna go say that's there for sure. There's a lot of people that agree with you. So you're definitely not alone in your opinions. And you know, they never Clemens never tested positive, Bonds never tested positive. And the guys that did test positive, A-Rod, he took a suspension and then he came back and still played. You know, he took it, he owned it. But then you get a guy like Manny Ramirez who's still getting votes, but he had that second test and he was supposed to be out a whole year and he just decided to retire and so decided to take the punishment. Yeah. Um, that's where it kills it for Manny Ramirez for me. But next year's ballot is, is juiced. I mean, you got A-Rod coming on, David Ortiz. He's coming on like is literally juiced, like yeah. you know, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling in their 10th year. Yeah. And it's just yeah. it's gonna be hard to not elect all these players. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Good thing it's done by percentage. Um <laughs> yeah. With with 14 blank ballots that get to be considered. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Jewel, I have I just have one more question for you. Speaking of the whole steroids thing, A-Rod, all that. Have you read the book Bloodsport? I the one, it's, have not. I've heard it's, of it. It's the, the A-Rod biogenesis story. Um, okay. I highly recommend getting on it ASAP oh. because yes. it's like a crime thriller. It reads like a crime thriller. It's it's amazing. We chose not to talk about it just because, uh, like on as its own episode, just because there are certain aspects of that that we feel like we cannot share our opinion because we might not make it through the next week living so <laughs> so it, it's really good yeah. it's a really yeah. good book <laughs> yeah but i you know when it comes to a-rod in particular like he was great before steroids when he was a mariner and then went into the early part of his rangers career and then into his yankees career he came back from it he came back from the steroids and still put up you know consistent numbers um into his late 30s so it was a sustained period of great of great play you know, that's kind of what the argument is for A-Rod. I think A-Rod is a Hall of Famer. You take the steroids out of it, you know, before or after he was, he would he would have been there. 
even with the slap though <laughs> uh, i mean come on man i mean he was in pinstripes and everything it's like you should like like whoops you shouldn't have done that you lose points but then you did it in pinstripes and now you're like bottom of the barrel like I mean, there any, should be... any player who puts on pinstripes is bottom of the barrel. So, whoa! Oh, oh, oh. boy! Wow! Wow! I walked right into that. <laughs> Shoot! Yeah. I mean, they just get hurt. You trade for them from the Marlins, and they just hurt. <laughs> and you're paying them thirty million dollars a year. I mean, he's listened. He's listened to you, Bray. <laughs> I know. I you know what I just feel podcast. like just happened. I just feel like I just I feel like I charged the mound against Nolan Nolan Ryan, and I just got put in a headlock and got the noogies. <laughs> or you just you got a Mariano Rivera slider or cutter. I mean, <laughs> oh man, that was amazing. That was epic, man. That All was right, so good. Well, let's and get out of here on that note. That. that was fantastic. Right. Again, check out Jules blog, the ballboyblog.com. Um, sounds like he's got some great content on there. Go go take a look and, and check it out. He'll have some great stuff for you. Jewel, thanks again for joining us. That was fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Listeners, listen to these guys, follow them. These guys are great. Um, and go order some raise energy while you're at it. So that's right. No doubt. It'll help you make it'll help you make great friends. Um, like <laughs> that's Greg's a and true Brad. fact. So <laughs> and you fact. can hear light at the same it's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jewel. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jewel. Catch new episodes of the Baseball Together podcast every Tuesday.